Welcome to Pivot to First. Hi, I'm Mike Seidel. I'm the CTO at Pivot CX. Every day I get to work with some of the brightest minds in the industry with one goal, turning hiring and people strategy into a competitive advantage. Hi, I'm here today with Lindsay Hara Kadats. She's a team brand and health consultant and the host of uh, the Business Are People 2 podcast. And in fact, I met Lindsay when I was a guest on her podcast. I really enjoyed being with her. I was super excited when she agreed to be on our podcast. She's also a neurochange method master practitioner, and she's the author of a book that, that I, I really like the title of, Author of Depression, Constipation, How Pooping Saved My Sanity and Other Stories. So I'm really, really glad to have her here today. Welcome, Lindsay. <laughs> Welcome, thank you. Welcome. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. <laughs> You've been hosting way too much. <laughs> possibly, possibly. It's so it's so hard when you make the switch. So anyhow, um, uh, just a real big picture question. Tell tell us a little bit about neurochange the, the neurochange method. Um, that's something I've not really heard a lot about, and I'd love to hear from you what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so long story short, a couple years back, I was looking as to whether or not I should go get my coaching certification or what. And there was a piece that was missing in the coaching certification for me. And it was the science piece of, okay, well, when we are coaching, what is actually going on in the brain? How is our brain changing? Why does mindset work? Why, why do these things work? And so what the neural change method um, creators did in building this program is that that's exactly what they did is they put together a lot of the pieces that coaches use such as beliefs, mindset, emotional intelligence, subconscious mind, um, all this awesomeness and uh, woven, made it understandable. Yeah, sure. Using neuroplasticity and what is neuroscience. And so we can start to understand how do we rewire our brain? That to me was important as I was beginning to work with my clients from a branding background, but more so with the mental health aspect, simply because, well, I myself am a brand and culture specialist, uh, helping colleague, uh, co colleagues, clients and companies um, really dig in and understand what their brand is in action. There was this piece that when COVID happened, a lot of my clients were asking me, Lindsay, how in the world do I now deal with all this additional stress, this additional anxiety? What do I do now? And because I had um, gone speaking about well, what is it that you do when you run a business and you have anxiety and you're in a depressive slump and all that very much around that book idea of depression, constipation, they felt comfortable enough to ask me of that. So that's what I did. I went out and I found the certification mm -hmm. and I used it and I, I got it. I love it. It's brilliant. It really brings that science piece for me to understand how can I now articulate. It's not about just, well, you just have to move and change your mind to a growth mindset and then things will be ready. It's here's the science behind what you need to do so that you can really understand what is going on and set yourself up accordingly. Um, how I use that though, is when, as you know, I believe that businesses are people too. And so the team, when I look at a, uh, a, a, a team, 
and how they work together, a team is really just a neural circuit. So how is this neural circuit working together and how do you get them to all fire in the same direction essentially? And so that's really how I took this, this awesome program. I can't say enough about it and the quality of content that comes from it and the, uh, brilliant experts and professor professors professors and professionals uh and neuropsychologists who put this uh program certification together is just brilliant and wonderful i'm so glad i found it because there's that science piece to it so that's what that is so so when i when i first met you you know we were kind of a year a, a year into the covid thing and, and and we just kind of realized i think everybody realized hey this is kind of the new normal and and everybody was dealing with with that, what are the challenges that you're seeing uh, business people dealing with right now that are causing them have to have to make changes that maybe maybe aren't comfortable? Yeah, great question. That really goes back to values, big time. What what happened is COVID really kind of threw a wrench. Really, no 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 surprise threw a wrench in how a lot of companies operated. But in that, it also made a lot of companies, but also people stop and think, what actually truly matters to me? And in that, people started to understand that maybe the values that they had no longer served who they were. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I come across a lot of the times people and companies who believe that values are these aspirational fluffy marketing statements when the truth is that values are these underlying beliefs upon which we take aligned action and so when we can really sit down and help um, gain clarity on what our values beyond these really good statements that people can cheer about and then leave the town hall meeting and be like that was a really good statement you start really uh, helping clients understand what are the important actions for them to take what's not important what can they get rid of what just does not matter and you part of my language but you cut the crap right so that's what a lot of businesses have done and are now doing and coming out of the pandemic or coming out if we are but what i am seeing now is a lot of leaders and business owners are simply saying, we are not who we are anymore. This whole experience has changed us. The whole experience of, you know, letting people off, bringing new people on, like we're a completely different company. How do we trust one another now? How do we build that trust? You build that trust by your values. What are your values? Well, you need to look at those actions. And so that is really how I've seen COVID impact you know, every companies into action. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every day I, I read an article somewhere about a company that's trying to get their workforce to come back to the office. You know, they, they let everybody go home and now they're, they've reached the point where it's like, okay, we're, we're paying this big lease. Let's bring them back. And then they announce, Hey, we're, we're bringing everybody back to the office. And then people go, you know what? Um, I'm just going to work for, from home for somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and, and these are a lot of companies that talk about how important their people are and, you know, how great they and flexible and resilient and all these great words that they use to describe it, how they behave during COVID. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's come back to the office. Everybody quits. What do you make yeah. out of that? 
that just as companies have and had to reassess what their values really are. Big brands, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but people have also started to reassess what's important to them, right? So by working from home and realizing, hey, maybe I can do this. Like, think of all the time that's been saved. I know, I know individuals who never used to be at home and didn't really get to know their kids. COVID happened. They weren't able to travel anymore. Now their kids know who they are and they're never going back to being on the road the way that they were because of that realization of how important that piece of their life is. So it, it's, it's not demanding that people come back because there is, of course, something that is missed when people aren't together in the same room. There is an energy, a palpable energy of having people together of those random water hauler, water haulers, water cooler conversations. <laughs> Sorry, I guess, yeah, water haulers. Let's call them that. Um, well, you know, you know Lindsay, we've, we've recruited water haulers before with <laughs> in our business. So, so they are really, there really is such a thing, um, but you're right, water coolers. But the, you know, the thing that blows my mind with with the whole work from home, don't work from home thing, it's what you said earlier about values, and they really have some meaning. And when you when you are saying one thing, and then and then your policies are another, it really, um, you know, there's a, there's a word I think we have hypocrisy for that, but it's kind of the worst kind, which is I, in a lot of cases, these people got hired exclusively during COVID to work from home. And then all of a sudden, now you got to come into the office, you're changing the deal on everybody. And, and it, it's self undermining in a lot of ways, I think. And, and it's a really hard change to navigate. And, and I think that's something where somebody like you could be really helpful. Well, and you bring up such a huge point is so, a, a number of people were hired remotely so now that we do come back you can't you're not going to say well bye bye you're not here anymore and this is a conversation i was having with a colleague that they're struggling with is how do we now build the sense of social connection that we had pre-covid but during covid they grew quite a bit and now they're they have all these remote pockets and so that's the conversation that we're having is how do we now really have their values and that team building ability with this hybrid type of um, a community that they are now. Uh, so it's, it, it is something we're working on and how do we do it based on what they say is important based on who their people are, because these are also generational. Um, so who wants to connect and learn on a computer, right? So these are deeper conversations, but again, it comes back to, you know, well, if, uh, you know, there's some some companies are tossing around the idea of, well, maybe only once or twice a week we have people come in the rest of the time they're at home. But what we're all, what we're also learning for the most part is that people will get their jobs done when you trust them to get their job done. I think that's an underrated that's an underrated fact. People will get their work done if you trust them to do it. You know, there's a little bit of work you have to do to get it so they know what they need to do. But, oh, my yep. goodness, if, if you trust people to do what you hired them to do, they'll do it. Uh, and that that's that's just reality. So kind of back to your back to your podcast and the whole idea of businesses or people too. tell me a little bit about how, you know, if I, you know, I own a business. How why why should I think of my business as it is as it being an actual person? That, that's a really novel idea. I mean, so 
Because it is. It just is. No. <laughs> in, in not so flippant of an answer. Well, my so worry, my I worry would say something really interesting, which is yes, it is a corporation and it has the con, you know, this this legal personhood, but yep. it's not really. But, a and, and that is it. That that is a huge piece as to where all of a sudden, like one day, I was just like, well, then businesses are people too. After I read the definition of what a corporation was, that's exactly where it came from. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but when I started to think about it more and more, prior to that, I had always, like I come from the world of marketing and branding, and, and to me it's, if a company's brand is off, then the mental wellness of the company is off. Because brand is essentially the DNA, the actions, the how a company, the, the way of being of a company. So if that is off and there's no alignment, plain and simple that company's mental wellness is off because I like metaphors. Now, when I came across this definition of a corporation though, you know, we're with them owning property and voting and can be charged with crimes. I'm like, they actually have some rights, more rights than some people. So sometimes what would happen then if we were to actually look at a business and think of them as a person, because when you break it down, every single human on this planet is essentially the exact same. We're just put together differently and we function optimally in different environments and under different scenarios. We need different fuel based on what our chemical components are. Businesses are the same, whether they be a sole prop all the way up to a huge multinational corporation, everything is just on a different scale. Mm -hmm. So, there so looking at a business entity that way is well how is this business entity participating in the community how are they a person at the at the table at the business boardroom table as opposed to being everyone at that table so you start treating it as a person itself right so you start to put the characteristics under on who the company is I then started to liken it to, well, you know, there's different departments. So how are the different departments working together? How's the heart working with the brain? How is the liver working with the kidneys? How are all these parts working together? Very similar to how is operations working with marketing, mm -hmm. working with sales and so on. Businesses are people too. It's just, how are we looking at them differently? I think it's such an interesting analogy. It's a really interesting analogy and, and, I think when it comes to things like brand, it really works well because you can really map very emotional things that are very human onto the business. So you're going like, okay, this business, it has a reputation, this business over here, it um, really has, has a kind of mental health of its own. And, and if you, um, you know, if you, you approach the business that way, it, it really leads to some different kinds of thinking and, and, um, you know, I think I think there's only two places where people think of things that aren't people as people. Um, I think some people think of their pets that way, and people, for whatever reason, think of governments and countries in, in terms of being people. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to do this, like a good or really like a high level government meeting where you have like representatives of different states or provinces there, and the people in the meeting will assume they'll like assume the identity of who they represent. So they'll be like, um, "Well, the state of Massachusetts says." And, and stuff like that. But I don't see people do that often with their company and they probably mm -hmm. ought to because it would make it easier for you know, the person to think about what they're really saying for the company. Because let's face it, a lot, of, uh, a lot of things people say about their company are really out there and really like not grounded in reality, right? 
Well, and, and I've worked with a number of family businesses uh, in that generational transition too, right? So right. often what we find is that if there's the outgoing generation, they've often tied their identity to that of the business. Mm -hmm. So when we can start to separate their identity of the business and say, no, 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 this is what you grew. This is what was beautiful. This is what's amazing. But this business is actually an entity at the table that you want to continue long past you. What's your identity? And then you can separate out the outgoing, uh, outgoing generation. The incoming generation can feel like there's more agency over where the the entity now is going mm -hmm. so there's all these emotions right so it is it's this huge thing of business needs to be an entity business can't be a person and so that's even though all business is for people so it's there's we, we forget there's humans involved and when we start to work on the humans work on the individual cells within the body and give the individual cell within the body, the individual component and care that it needs to thrive within that environment, then the body will thrive. The organization will thrive. Everyone around it will thrive. So it's it's just looking at it that way. So if, if just looking at business in general right now, and, and you know, if you, you could tell us, you know, what, what are the things that you're seeing right now that are really affecting the health of, of a business that, that really are best viewed as a person? You know, what, what are the things that you're seeing out there where, hey, something's not working here. How do I how do I know what that is? Well, I think the first the first thing, first and foremost, is have you asked your people? Have you actually gone and talked to them and said, hey, how are you feeling? Where are you at? One client of mine, they um, want to make sure that all their messaging internally is consistent and that everybody's going in that same direction now. And so that's exactly what they do is that they didn't just bring me in to work with the leaders. They brought me in to sit down with each individual member on the team and ask them questions to gain some clarity on what's their mindset, where are they, what's their understanding of this term that they use on a regular basis to support, right? And so it's, it's very, and from those conversations, I learned a lot about what the leaders themselves could do to improve. And so I was able to bridge that conversation because it needs to happen, but it's also the leaders cared enough to engage their team into where are we going now? You've stuck with us through this really hard stuff. Where do you see this going? What are the problems you're coming up against? How do we grow better? How do we stick out within the market better together? And your people know. That's so that really true. Oh, that's really true. It's amazing how, how, um, how many people get into business leadership and they forget the people that they hired they hired them for a reason. And if you're doing it right, you're hiring people really to be better at that job than you are as a, as mm -hmm. a, you know, when I hire a software developer, I want them to be better at coding than I am. If I hire a salesperson, we want them to be a better salesperson than I am. And, and a lot of times we forget about, I don't know, two weeks after somebody starts their job that we hired them because they were brilliant at what they do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Well, that's a great point. And, and How, that's exactly it though is remember that that trust remember why we hired people in the first place and trust them to do it 
Okay, so so I, I've done what most business leaders do, which is was uh, my way or the highway, and I've lost the trust of my people. How do I get it back? You fall on your sword, um, basically, is you now have evidence that you failed your way, that highway, my way, my way, not the highway, right? And uh, so it's it's I have to. So one of the most powerful moments that I had in the room um, with a C-suite team of, back in 2021 in the room, sorry, on a Zoom call. Okay. Um, was the CEO was very clearly upset about something and let the emotions fall, tumble out of their mouth. When we moved through that conversation, at the end of it, the CEO apologized to the CMO who had taken the brunt of, a, the, of the emotional tumble. He apologized. They said that was uncalled for, for how they acted. And here's how we're moving forward. Here's what they're going to be doing. That is a leader. So humbly, like at, at the end of the day, the first step is going inward and looking at yourself and asking, is my ego getting in the way of us achieving something, of us achieving something faster, of us achieving something with better quality, of us enjoying something while achieving something? So there's all those questions there. And it, it does go back to the leader at that point, who is the first place to model the values, the trust, all of that within a team. I think, I think what you're saying, Lindsay, is just really underrated. Um, so, so many times you see companies that, that profess to have certain values, the leadership doesn't espouse them. It doesn't take long for everyone else in the company to realize these words are meaningless and they're just marketing fluff. And um, yeah. there's nothing worse than a, a value statement that, that's just fluff. And it's so true. And, and to your point as well is a leadership team. And so if it's a leadership team, then every single one of them needs to be understanding very clearly what these values are in action and living in alignment with them. Because if even one of them is off, then that says to the rest of the employees, well, this guy doesn't care. Why should we, even if the other, like say it's a four person leadership team. So even if 75% of the leadership team is doing everything right, 25% isn't, that's who people will follow. And that's how toxic behaviors start to grow. Well, that that's very true. And, and you know, one of the areas we see a lot of that, and it's been really in the news a lot um, over the last couple of years has been just the whole, um, you know, kind of predatory sexual harassment behavior from leaders. And it's always remarkable to me when I see that, um, because the, the it's usually one or two people that are doing it, and everyone is forgiving of it or accommodating or probably the right word is enabling it. Mm -hmm. Because that person performs so well at this, or they're afraid of that person. Um, how, how, when you get down to where there's one or two people that aren't in alignment, how do, how do you fix that? How, how as part of the team do you go out and, and, and start bringing about some change? That's a little deeper of a question because it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very situation-based. Sure. I always say consult an HR professional or a lawyer, always, you know, but 
there's an agreement among, so if it's it, it wasn't a, a leadership conversation, but there with a conversation with a client of mine as we were getting his values described in action and get them clear, he had a moment of clarity where he was like, hold on, you mean I can fire somebody based on these values if they're not doing the actions? And I said, well, contact an HR professional, contact a lawyer, but long story short, yes. However, here's what you also have to do is, are you the leader demonstrating these exact same things that you're telling this employee that he needs to do as well. Are you modeling? If you are great, good job. Have you also taken the employee aside and asked them, what is their understanding of these values in action? What, do, how, how do they take accountability for them in certain scenarios in their actions? get them to define it rather than you just saying this is what you must do it's get them engaged in understanding what that means for them and then third um you know if you've given them the opportunity if you've sat them down if they've laid out their engagement plan and they still aren't yes yeah now when it comes to c-suite levels there's a whole slew of other criteria that you know, there's the board that needs to be involved. So there's a lot of, it's not quite so straight and to the point, but at the end of the day, it's this business entity, what is best for this, what is best for this business entity and the reason for this business entity, their purpose. And is this individual who's, or a couple individuals who aren't in alignment with everybody else going to get this there or do we cut them loose and bring another people other people in who will better serve this entity so not easy conversations not no. easy to do but well when you get that high up um it gets messy because you you do have a lot of you have everything from you know in a family-owned business there may be some buy-sell agreements there may be things in the company's bylaws that that are in the way um you know, in a huge corporation, you, you usually get into uh, relationships with uh, little things like financers so you're right. It's it's really hard to unwind those things. Um, so just kind of wrap things up. I, I, every guest I have, I ask a couple of just standard questions to um, first question is. Um, so what book that what book have you read? about business that really changed your perception about business and, ch and changed the way you approach it? Oh, so many. Okay. May I say more than one? Cause there's sure. two that like specifically about business. There was, um, necessary endings by Dr. Henry, Henry cloud, which talks about the importance of why things need to end and endings aren't always bad. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. And then the other one was uh, Traction by Gina Wickman. Just blew my mind. It completely, I mean, probably this is why I love it. It completely supports the fact that you need to have those solid values in place and they need to be woven throughout your processes, throughout your operations, throughout your people. Through, and so that's probably why I loved it so much, but it, it allowed me to see how um, how values really get into the nitty gritty of every asset of a business and how you can do that. So those two books for sure from a business perspective. Okay. Favorite, just more, this is more personal favorite movie. Oh my goodness. Just one. 
Uh, oh, golly. I don't know. So many. My favorite movie. You know what? I will say um, that ever since I was young, I always put on Jurassic Park whenever I'm not feeling well, and I just let that run in the background, and it always makes me feel better. So the original Jurassic Park is right up there for sure. Yeah. All right. And then finally, um, is there anything, you know, that you'd like to share with the audience that, that we haven't talked about or anything that you, you just want to unload? <laughs> that I want to unload? No, I think I, if there's one thing that you do today is maybe just take some time to stop and reflect and say, are these our values? Like, are the actions that we do on a daily basis truly reflective of these values? If so, great. Bravo. Go. Cheers yourself. It's a Friday on the day that you and I are talking, Mike. So please go have, have, a, have a little toast to yourself. If you've noticed that the actions are not aligned, maybe start getting a little curious on that and just start to dig in and think, is this our value if, or not? And if not, what is? And how do we get there? So... Lindsay, thanks so much for be, being here with us today. Well, Mike, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. I've enjoyed chatting with you as always. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, for everyone, Lindsay's podcast, Businesses Are People Too, excellent. Yeah.